Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. All right, folks, wild day today here in the basement. Unprecedented day, historic day. Here's the deal. We did the show, we recorded it, we were ready to give it to you guys and toss you the normal stuff that we normally do, love, hate, hilarious. We talked a lot about the draft, but we talked specifically in hilarious about the idea that the Jets and Packers were re-engaging in trade talks for Aaron Rodgers and where was this going to go? How was it going to shake out? Is it going to be a draft night thing? Is it going to be a day two night thing? And we didn't know where it was going to go. So we finished the show, I go upstairs, I'm talking to my wife, we're sitting around on the couch, and a little while later I get a phone call from producer Michael Flynn, and I said, oh god, that's not good. What did I say? Am I fired? Am I canceled? Are we getting pulled off? Like, what, what is going on? I answer the phone, he says, Roger's trade. And I go, it happened? He says, yeah, Schefter's got it. So we scramble downstairs, we are now doing a bonus, and I'm going to react to it Raw, I just found out just like you did, and then we will do love and hate, and I'll throw a dart and all that stuff later. If you have not heard, I'm sure you have, here's the details. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, per Schefter. Here's the deal. The New York Jets get Aaron Rodgers, and they slide back two spots in the draft from 13 to 15. Then they get pick number 170 with a fifth round pick. Rodgers, they get the 15th from the 13th instead, and they get a fifth round pick. The Packers move up two slots in the draft from 15 to 13. They get a second round pick. They get a sixth round pick. And they get a second round pick next year, which becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of his snaps, which they certainly hope that he do. So likely they get to move up two slots. They get next year's first. They get this year's second. And they get a sixth. But you know what they get? Do you know what the Jets get? I'm going to get this, get that. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers on their team. Who really cares about sixth, fifth, second conditional? They get Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a Jet. He's going to line up for the Jets. He's going to be their starting quarterback. We're hearing that though Joe Namath offered him to wear number 12, a retired number for the Jets, Rodgers is planning to wear number eight, which he wore back in college at Cal. I think that's an incredibly cool decision. I can't wait to see it. And this is real. This is, this is happening. This is NFL history right in front of us. A four-time MVP under contract is being traded to the Jets. And I think this is a massive, massive victory for the New York Jets, for their fan base, for the team, for Joe Douglas, the GM, who did not give up the first round pick. All he did was slide back in the first round and slide back two slots. He did not go from 13 to 29. He went from 13 to 15 and got Aaron Rodgers in the process. I think Jets fans should celebrate. I think they should be excited. The New York Jets, in my opinion, have the best quarterback they've ever had. The New York Jets, in my opinion, have the best quarterback to ever play the game. The best ever. Not the greatest ever. Purely the best at playing the position is on a team that can't get anybody to play the position and hasn't been able to for 50 years. That's massive. Super Bowls, who the hell knows? Playoffs, who the hell knows? They got Rodgers. The Eagle has landed. They got him, and they didn't have to trade everything not nailed down to get him. He's coming to Jersey. I still can't believe it happened. I've already been on freezing cold takes. It's an honor. Fred Siegel, who runs that page, it's an honor. I don't have a problem with it. You should put me on there. I talked to you for a long time that I cannot see culturally the fit of the Zen ninja Jedi monk from Chico, California, moving to Jersey, Sopranos country. But apparently it is happening. In fact, it definitely is happening. So I'm happy to be cold on my take. I don't care. I'm happy for Jets fans. If this doesn't work out, if it doesn't 
go great, if they don't win playoff games, if they don't go to a title game, if let's say Rodgers plays two years, which I expect him to do considering how much the Jets are giving up to get him. I think we're going to get two seasons of him. Maybe more, but I think at least two. If, let's say, Rodgers plays two years for the Jets and they get to a wild card game and lose, and that's really the total of their postseason accomplishments, that's as good as it gets, they gave up a lot to get them. A lot. And that will be looked at as a big-time failure. Especially coming off last year when they used those draft picks to get the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. They got a hot hand right now at the draft. And they gave up a bunch of stuff, especially when next year's second-round pick turns into a first, as we anticipate that it will. But again. Who cares what they gave up? You're the Jets. We are in a crazy fever dream right now where Aaron Rodgers plays for your team. It's insane. And I believe he's going to be very, very, very good. I do not think that Rodgers is going to play like Brett Favre on the Jets. I think Rodgers is going to play like Brett Favre on the Vikings. Do not underestimate, if nothing else, Aaron Rodgers' ego about himself and his performance and his abilities is all the legacy talk, which I don't care if he admits it or not, I think he cares about. I do not think Rodgers could stand it. I don't think he could be comfortable in his own skin for the rest of his life if he went to the New York Jets and fell on his face or got old overnight or just started throwing interceptions left and right and the game had passed him by and too bad, old man, you shouldn't have done it. You don't have it anymore. I do not think that Aaron Rodgers will let that happen to himself. I think he is that talented. I think he is working out like a maniac right now. I do think he will be very, very good for the Jets. And this complicates things. Listen, I know there's a lot of Buffalo Bills fans who watch The Basement. He had a nice little year here, a nice little phase, more than a year, where the Dolphins had no quarterback, the Jets had no quarterback, the Patriots were trying to reload, they had no quarterback. You had a few years, you dominated, you won some t-shirts. And you didn't get to the big one. Now it's going to be harder. The Jets are going to be significantly better this year. You know it and I know it. You can convince yourself that Rodgers is an old man. The game's passed them by. Listen, I don't buy it. I really don't. I hate that storyline that last year he looked washed. Last year, I think it was time to be done. I think he was emotionally fried. I do not think he was completely locked in. I think he had chemistry problems. I think he had wide receiver problems. I think it just all went to hell in a handbasket really, really fast. I think this guy is a big fan of himself, is extremely confident, is not going to be able to live with himself if he cannot make this happen. Everything he can possibly do, I think he'll be refocused, reignited, all of that stuff. He's going to be dangerous. He really is. And we already know the rest of the Jets team is really good, and they have a 15th overall pick coming. They're going to be a problem. They really are. I believe in him. I don't know if there's a contingent out there that says this was stupid. Rodgers is an old man. He sucks now. Did you see him last year? I don't care. I've seen him for the last nearly two decades. I still think he has it. I think for Packers fans, I think this is a very surreal day uh, of closure. Aaron Rodgers' last pass as a Green Bay Packer was an interception to Lions rookie Kirby Joseph in a win-and-in game that they lost on their home field. That's it. That was the last pass. Strange. Really strange. Walked off the field arm-in-arm with Randall Cobb. And that is it. He will never play for the Packers again. It'll be years and years before he comes back to Lambeau again. It's wild. It is really nuts. And I know Packers fans are all different kinds of ways. And I've already seen some sending me a message saying, good riddance, get him out of here. Talked about that a lot. You know how strange it's going to be to see Jordan Love for the Packers? Who the hell knows what that guy's got? But we're getting it. We are getting it. Tell you what else we're getting. Get ready for this. A lot of Jets in prime time. I don't see how there's any way they're not the team on hard knocks. HBO, that's fish in a barrel. You pick the Jets, they're eligible. We'll choose them. 
I think the Jets are going to be all over Sunday night football, Thursday night football, Monday night football. It's going to be a lot of Rodgers. It's going to be the classic Rodgers shot where it is a 50-time close-up of his face, except the color helmet he's wearing is not going to be yellow. It is going to be green. It is happening. I respect the Jets for getting it done. I didn't think it was going to happen. And really, I expect the Packers for getting a good haul for it. If you showed up today and you saw the news and the Packers got some second round pick and a, a wide receiver, they got a second round pick in Romeo Dobbs for Aaron Rodgers. That's laughable. That's embarrassing. They didn't. They got a good haul. The Jets got the best player I've ever seen play the position it's on. Let's go. One of the games start. One of the games start. We're what, five months away from games. We'll have to wait two years and then they'll figure out a way to get the Packers or to host the Aaron Rodgers Jets. We'll get there. Not this year, but we'll get there. It's an amazing day, guys. This is, this is a day that we will remember 30 years from now. It's not just your normal Monday leading before the draft. An all-time, all-time player, a four-time MVP has been traded. And we're not really even sure why. No one can put their finger on why this trade happened, why the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers, other than it was just time. Whatever the hell that means. I think the Packers... Got worse as a team today, but they're thinking we had to do it and we got as much as we could for it. And you, you got to respect it. Uh, cheers, Jets fans. You won the, the April Super Bowl. I'm very happy for you. And I think you're going to win some games this fall, too. That's it, guys. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Jordan Love is a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. One more time, quarterback of the New York Jets in 2023, Aaron Rodgers. It is real. It's not a Photoshop. It's not a what if. It's not a imagine how crazy that'd be. It is actually happening. That guy's coming to Jersey. Get ready. Uh, let's move on. Let's give me, uh, I'll give you guys some more. I mean, this was a crazy, crazy day. Let's get into the what I love and what I hate, and then we'll throw a dart. Oh, it feels like this football game Thursday night, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like we have Thursday night football and not like the crappy Titans versus Jaguars in week 15 type variety? I'm talking about a really, really big game. The draft in the NFL, just the draft in which no games are played, no balls are thrown, is better than the championship games in some sports. And I really mean that. It's really exciting. It's a big one. And I'll tell you why this draft is particularly exciting. It's a good one. It's a rich draft. Last year, I can say this now, even as an NFL employee, we are just, you know, 52 weeks away, removed from last year's draft. Last year's draft was tough. It was not fun. It was not sexy. It was not glamorous. The only thing interesting about it was that it was in Las Vegas. We sat around and pretended for weeks and months that the Jaguars taking Trayvon Walker was really exciting. And God bless Trayvon Walker. He had a pretty good rookie year and hopefully he has a long Hall of Fame career. But that's what we had. We sat here and tap danced over Kenny Pickett going late. We did deep dives on Liberty University because of Malik Willis, so we were just sure was going to be this next amazing quarterback drafted in the top 10. That was a rough draft, guys. I was there. I was there on the premises. It's fun. It's exciting. The players, the personnel, the talent was not deep. This year's draft is the one you wait for. This is the one you want. We got five quarterbacks in the first round. We got the big dogs. We got Alabama. We got Ohio State. We got everything you could possibly need. The, even the players being drafted aren't even going to be the biggest stories of the draft. Think about that. We could have four straight quarterbacks off the board going one, two, three, and four, and the biggest story of the draft is very possibly 
the four-time MVP going to the New York media market, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. That could happen. A one-time MVP, Lamar Jackson, could be traded in the middle of the draft. This is a good one, dudes. Really good. And when you're sitting around just debating about what order the four or five quarterbacks that go in the first round, we're a long way away from saying, I actually think the, J- the Jaguars should take, hey, Hutchinson out of Michigan. And they're, okay, great, good. That's a lot of fun. We can talk about that for three months. Let's get into this. I think the quarterbacks, five of them are going to go. And everyone's all over the place about which order they're going to go in. The only thing everybody's convinced about is Bryce Young is going to go one. He's going to be the number one overall pick. He's going to go to Carolina Panthers, and that's great. After that, every single person with a mock draft or radio show or podcast or TV show is going to tell you what they're hearing and what their sources are telling them. I'm just going to tell you from my gut what I think is going to happen in terms of the way the quarterbacks are going to be drafted. Bryce Young, number one overall to Carolina Panthers. After that, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I think it's going to be the ridiculous He-Man figure from Florida. It's not conventional. It's not chalk. It's not what you see in the mock drafts. But it's a combination of everybody just being so thirsty for him and for all his ceiling, 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 and this bizarre, dubious fall of C.J. Stroud, who not only do I not think will be the second quarterback drafted, I don't think he's going to be the third quarterback drafted. The hashtag late riser from Tennessee, I think Hendon Hooker is going to be drafted before C.J. Stroud. We're going to talk about Stroud in a minute. I have big problems. This is not what I want to see. This is what I think is going to happen. I think Stroud will eventually be going to the fourth quarterback taken, maybe as far as the Texans with their second first round pick, or maybe someone will trade up and get him. And then I'm forgetting the big one, right? You think I am, I'm not. I think Will Levis is gonna fall. I think he's gonna really fall all the way to five. I was listening to Schrager in the morning because he's hashtag plugged in, he's an insider. The, the, the swing of the pendulum on Will Levis starts with him going as high as four to the Colts, maybe even higher if two or three want to trade out. And then there are other people that you've seen, that you've seen tweet and you've seen what they've read that they're saying, I don't have a first round grade on Will Levis. I would not draft him in the first round. Understand, I just said from four, that means out of the first round, that is, a, there's 31 picks in the first round. So that's, that's a 27 pick swing. That's into the second day. That means that Will Levis will show up in Kansas City with a suit and go home without a team. I think he will be taken in the first round, but I think he'll be drafted the fifth of five quarterbacks. And listen, this is, this is the from the hip season. This is where all just guessing, going with our instincts, going with our spine, that's what I'm doing right now. Just watching how people talk about him, seeing what the prospects are. Why do I think Levis is falling? I don't know. I think people are a little afraid of different, even in a time when everyone's trying to get different. Ever since the Chiefs traded up for Mahomes, who was different and had a different college career, everybody's chasing different. I think Will Levis, and I look at him, and he's got a different personality. He doesn't have great, great performances and great statistical performances compared to his peers. I can't think of a star quarterback let alone an excellent Hall of Fame quarterback who's ever physically looked like him. Has there ever been, ever, ever, an all-pro quarterback who has Will Levis's physique? Never mind a Hall of Fame quarterback. Has there ever been a guy who is this muscle-bound giant dude with triceps bulging out? Look, I'm not going to hold it against him. He's strong and, and in shape, but it scares people. You look different. We have never seen someone do what we need them to do looking like you. And then we'll move on to the next guy, because you know what? When there's four other guys... They have a lot of other choices. So exciting. Listen, you may find draft season a little bit tedious, and I understand there's an eye roll factor with mock drafts and prognostications and 3.0 and 3.0 and 4.0, and all the familiar characters come out from everybody, 
from Daniel Jeremiah to Kuiper to McShay. I love those guys. I feel like in so many ways we've grown up with those guys. It's kind of like seeing Santa Claus around Christmas season. Think about that. Mel Kuiper Jr., he works this entire year for just one day. It's like Santa Claus. He's got unique hair. He's got an opinion. He's got a trademark laugh. He is. He's the Santa Claus of the NFL. It's Christmas season. It's awesome. It's actually Christmas week. I am not going to the draft this year. I have several years before. I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm going to stay here and work in New York. I'm going to be here in the basement with you guys. I'm going to be in Good Morning Football in Manhattan and just doing takes. And I think, listen, this has the, this has the potential to be an all-time draft because imagine if the, this player falls and this player gets jumped and this team trades up. But again, that massive, massive two-pronged little holy crap moment between Lamar Jackson potentially moving, Aaron Rodgers potentially moving, Peter was talking this morning on the air that one of the highest rated moments in the draft in terms of TV spikes when the ratings go up minute to minute and they went dramatically up was years ago and it was Johnny Menzel was coming out and he waited and waited and waited in the first round. The Cowboys were on the clock and that moment when the Cowboys were on the clock, the ratings were at their apex for the draft. Are the Cowboys going to take Johnny Menzel? They didn't. They drafted a fantastic lineman and made a great choice, but we're going to have some of that here. If we see the logo switch, if we hear that the Packers and the Jets have made a trade, with all due respect to whoever's on the clock at, let's say, 13 or 14, if Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet in the middle of the draft or even earlier in the draft, that's an all-timer. This could be the 2023, could be the historic draft. I cannot wait. It's draft week. Let's go. But with that thing, I'm mad about something about one of the guys who should be drafted very high, and I think, as I just mentioned, is going to be lower than I want him to go. Let's talk about what I hate. I'm banging the drum right now for CJ Stroud. I really am because I do not like what I'm seeing happen with him. We talk about late risers. This is a late faller. Is it just me or a week ago were we having a real old fashioned meat and potatoes, who's the number one pick type debate? Is it Bryce Young? Is it CJ Stroud? Which one's gonna be? This mock draft has CJ, this mock draft has Bryce Young. Well, that has gone poof. It has gone away. And it is not because Bryce Young has done anything to separate him. It's because CJ Stroud has for some reason fallen. He has fallen. There has not been a game played. There has not been a ball thrown. He has not done anything to hurt his draft stock. He's not given a weird interview. There's been no skeleton from his closet dug up. It doesn't appear that he has any skeletons in his closet. All he has is two years of phenomenal game tape at the highest level of college football in Ohio State. And for some reason, the bloom is off the Stroud Rose and he is falling and he is not touchable and you don't want to draft him and he's <laughs> and I don't understand it at all. It really, really bothers me. Coleridge Bernard Stroud IV has become the guy that I want in this draft. And I see all these people say, all right, Young goes one, and then there's Houston at two. I don't know, they should trade out of there, or maybe they try the Richardson gamble, or maybe they fall in love with Levis. Take Stroud. Take him. And then with your next pick, 10 picks later, get a lineman or a wide receiver, including the one he played with in college, to help him. I, I feel like the guy's been victimized somehow, and I don't see why. There's really no box missing in anything he ever put on the field at Ohio State. Every, prolific statistics against great competition. Do you know the CJ Stroud that people are telling the Houston Texans to pass on at two had six touchdowns against Michigan State in the first half? He is electric, he is composed, 
It's not like the teammates don't like him. It's not like the coaches don't speak up for him. I would take him at two, and I would not even consider taking anybody else. I would go two, Stroud, and, I, and you say something like this, and you start to see all the resistance come in. These waves and these different archetypes of C.J. Stroud nitpickers come in, and you want to hear the things that they say? They say the tried and true, really uninspired, low-hanging fruit BS of, no, I wouldn't take Stroud. The quarterbacks from Ohio State never work out. Do you really feel that way? So they're just out. You'll never take one no matter how good they look. That brand is that damaged. Because I've been following this for a long time, and I remember when people used to say that about Texas Tech. Never take a Texas Tech quarterback. Don't do that. They just put up crazy stats and they don't pan out in the NFL. I remember when people used to say that about Alabama quarterbacks. These amazing programs and Saban wins titles, but the quarterbacks never work out in the NFL. I've heard it about Texas Tech. I've heard about Alabama. I also remember watching the bleeping Super Bowl last February where the two starting quarterbacks were from Texas Tech and Alabama, and they put up over 70 points combined, and they were the two leading vote-getters for MVP that year. So don't tell me that one program is just broken or cursed or anything, and you can't draft an Ohio State quarterback, because you guys were saying the same thing about Texas Tech and Alabama, you nud Knicks. Now, the next wave that comes in about C.J. Stroud, I don't know, he had the best receivers. He was so perfectly well set up at Ohio State. You take those receivers away, he's not going to be the same player. They did take the receivers away. You understand that, right? After two seasons ago, he played very, very, very well at Ohio State. He loses Garrett Wilson. He loses Chris Olave. Two first-round draft picks at wide receiver, the 10 pick and the 11 pick. He loses both of those guys. So he had a massive plummet, just fell off the face of the earth the next year, right? Nope. He was a Heisman finalist again. He recovered, as he will in the NFL. And then the big one now, these huge you know, film junkie gurus say, oh, he failed his S2 cognition test. The S2 test. You're referring to the test that you learned about six minutes ago and are now making it the basis of all your opinions because you heard a secondhand reported report that he did not do well on the S2 and flunked it or whatever it is. Okay, fine. If you now just have learned about this cognition test and cognition is more important than completion and everything Stroud has done, then go ahead and pass on him. But you know, there's another test that he completed too. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's called the Georgia test. And get this, you put on your pads, your uniform, your cleats, and your eye black, and your helmet, and you walk out, and you play a full-ass football game, I mean all four quarters, against Georgia, and you see how you do. And he got an A-plus against Georgia, the biggest, baddest, most talented team around. A-plus, flying colors, head of the class, real genius, prodigy. So if you'd rather put your faith in the actual football that he did on the field against that team, or this weird virtual reality Chuck E. Cheese machine that he sat down for and allegedly didn't do well on, then go ahead. Go ahead and pass on Stroud. Be very, very careful when you do, though. I'm telling you. I, I, I don't like it, and I feel like you know how it goes this time of year. A lot of this, that he did this and didn't do this, are coming from teams that actually want him, or they're coming from teams that want him to fall to them. And yet you have this kid who's sitting here just telling how dumb he is and how bad he is and how nobody wants him anymore. Take Stroud at number two. Do not text in this up. Stroud's going to be sitting there. Take him. I'll give you a dart. I'll give you a little ditty at the end of the show on something. As always, there are 20 randomly selected topics by the producers. Whatever number I hit, I have to respond to that topic, which I do not know about and have not seen. And today will be topic number 14. 14. 14. Topic number 14 is ideal burger toppings. All right. Let's get into this. Um, 
Hideal Burger Toppings. You know what I like from the get-go? This is already, I'm just gonna start out just hot out of the gates. I like an English muffin burger. You ever have one of those? Obviously a classic bun is great, and if you wanna get into the fancy stuff like the pretzel bun, English muffin burger is fantastic. Uh, I do think you need cheese, but I like a pepper jack cheese. Cheddar, American is fine. I like pepper jack. Um, big, the big polarizing burger topic is the bacon. Do you need a layer of pork on top of your beef. I'm certainly not saying no to it, but I wouldn't demand it. I go classic crisp lettuce and tomato. I go pepper jack cheese on top of the burger. Um, I gotta tell you, I like the A1 sauce on the burger. If it's available, if you're getting a true steakhouse burger, I don't know if they have A1 where you're having it, but I, when I'll make a burger at home sometimes, I'll dip a little bit of A1 in it, or if I'm really looking to dunk on whoever I'm serving, I will mix the A1 sauce into the patty when I am forming it. That's it, just classic. You could go into all kinds of avocado stuff and guacamole, fried egg, no, 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 no. Lettuce, tomato, pepper jack cheese, little A1 sauce inside the patty, grilled to perfection. Pickle on the side, maybe. I like the pickles fries, all that stuff. It's go time, guys. It's Monday. Let's stuff our face with fries and burgers and start the way off, week off right. Draft week, thank you. Love you. I'm going to go for a ride now in lieu of the fries and burger. Uh, but we're going to be here all week as we always are. We'll do a Thursday show on the day of the draft. We'll do a Friday show the day after the draft. I got takes. I got thoughts. We have all kinds of things to get into. You guys are the best. Post, like, retweet, subscribe, review, all those things. It helps. Thank you. Love you. Exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. Thanks, guys.